Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This week, the Ducks and Huskies do battle. Huskies can't stop the clock. This game's going to be over. And Oregon has come to Seattle. They're going to come out on top. Fourth down and three. Back to throw. Quick throw. Incomplete! Oregon's going to get the ball back. This is an Oregon versus Washington week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by Grillworks Supply Company. Off Hall Boulevard in Beaverton. Come tailgate at the largest grilling retailer center in the Pacific Northwest this Saturday. Or visit them online at grillworkspbx.com. Top with our pads. Oregon versus Washington week with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Our number two, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, 99.5 HD2 and the Odyssey app. If you missed... uh, the Service Patriots podcast of Hour 1. You can check it out at 1080thefan.com. Uh, Our read is not in here anymore, so it's delightful that the weekend guys are... <laughs> just threw it away. One of the shows just throws casually a read away about the... Like, why is the Patriot Oh, I have it right here. All fan podcasts are there brought to you by Service Patriots. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it, get their $59 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free one-inch filter. They're also check your AC for free. All you got to do is go to ServicePatriots.com. There you go. I don't know why it's over there. I, it was underneath my keyboard. It's a well, great why, place for it. Yeah, which where it is is uh, kind of puzzling. Uh, we have a lot to get to in the second half. We haven't even talked about the greatest thing from the weekend, and that's that Mario Cristobal is one of the dumbest coaches I've ever watched in my life. Can the guy recruit? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, he can. Does he know how to coach the offensive line? Yep. Is he in-game one of the dumbest coaches I've ever seen in my life? Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Uh-huh. Literally sitting on my couch. What are you doing? Shout out to Tim Hasselbeck, because sometimes commentators take the easy road and they don't want to criticize. Tim Hasselbeck hammered him on that call. Usually guys like Hasselbeck in that position will kind of do the, uh, I, I, I don't know if I would have done that thing. You know, They would have tiptoed around it, and Hasselbeck dove head first was like, this is egregious. Why are you running the football? Take a knee. The game is over. The starting <laughs> offensive lineman was crying, screaming, what the F are we doing? <laughs> and then he immediately apologized after the game, which I loved. But yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk Oregon State's win at Cal. The offense has this eruption but the defense gives up tons of chunk plays big plays this new quarterback for cal is good i guess or it's just an oregon (laughs) state thing i don't know (laughs) but the week is here talked about it last tuesday i want to talk about it again here on a monday because i think we're going to get to this game kind of every day of the week given the magnitude of it oregon at washington college game day will be there Neither team has been, you know, they haven't both been top 10 teams as they faced off in years past. One's down, the other's up. One's up, the other's down. Yeah, first time ever it's a top 10 matchup. 
I, I want to get away from the Vegas angle of this. Where are you at on a Monday on this matchup? I've been thinking for almost two weeks now how I feel about this, and I see all sides of it. I see the pro-Oregon argument. I see the pro-Washington sure. argument. It's Monday. This game's in five days. Where are we at right now on this matchup? I'm going to give you the most generic cliche answer, but it's the only thing I know how to do right now, and that is I'm just genuinely excited. Like, this is what we love about college football is games like this. I think you're coming off of one that we haven't talked about yet today that was a classic on Saturday. Oklahoma and Texas was an unbelievable football game. God, it was a good one. Right? Just back and forth, turnovers, crazy plays, chaos. Atmosphere. The atmosphere was great. Like, everything about that game – screamed this is why college football is so special and now you're going to get that again this weekend i who who the hell knows who's going to win man washington is a damn good team they're playing at home they have one of the best quarterbacks in the conference in the country who looks unbeatable right now oregon is better defensively in my mind but they have to go on the road into seattle it's a basically a pick em spread giving C, you know, the huskies the home field advantage three points yeah i have no clue what the hell's going to happen in this game nobody does that's the beauty of it i'm just genuinely excited we go through a lot of weeks throughout the course of the season where it just, I don't care as a fan. And I hate that, man. Like the Stanford game, I'm going to watch it. I'm excited any chance I get to watch my team play. I don't care. Like, I know they're going to win that game. I know it's going to be a blowout. There's nothing exciting or interesting. I hate doing pregame shows for games like that because it's hard to fake that enthusiasm. Stanford sucks, and Oregon cannot show up for the first quarter and cover a four touchdown spread. That's the reality. Now you get into one of these games where it means something. There's something on the line. The, both of these teams have a legitimate shot at making the college football playoff, of winning the conference championship. Like Everything is on the line Saturday in Seattle, and I cannot wait. Can I give you and the other fan base a caveat here of we, as we get ahead? Because you mentioned something there that I think is important. I don't know who's going to win in Seattle, but I also don't think the loser's done. Not at all, no. Like... If Oregon is to fall to Washington, I think the immediate is, you know, the opposing fan base tweet with, oh, your season's done. If Washington loses, same thing. I actually don't think that's the case in this conference. No. Utah with Cam Rising is a weird injury. Turns out he had a torn meniscus as well as an ACL, so that's why he's not coming back as quickly. Yeah. And Utah's kind of a weird team this year. Good, scary, but not as great. USC, I'm sorry. Like, how do you take USC seriously with that defense? That would—that's embarrassing what they're doing right now. And they're lucky they got Caleb because Caleb is single-handedly saving this entire team. Mm-hmm. His back's got to be hurting from carrying the damn thing. Yep. Uh, Oregon State, I haven't seen consistency enough out of offense. Uh, for me to put him up there. And Washington State this weekend—that was a big moment. You had a ton of Kook fans go down for that game. Kind of what I saw early, and you can prove me wrong down the road. I don't think you travel the same way that you play when you're at home. And you still got to go to Eugene and to Seattle. So when I look at the, the the thing in the conference, why can't Washington run the gauntlet if they lose this weekend? Or Oregon, vice or versa. Or Oregon. I, 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 just, I don't know if this is a true elimination game. And the way the conference championship game works is it's the two best teams. Yeah. And so they can meet each other again when they play in Vegas. I think that's my first read on it. My second thing would be a question for you. Is there any matchup the way you're going into it? You kind of have some confidence for the Oregon side more so than when you're looking at Washington. Because I had this with Washington State for Oregon State. Mm -hmm. I thought their line play was going to be substantial. And it didn't play out that way. 
What is right now going in an advantage you think Oregon might have over Washington? I think as of right now, I would say Oregon's run defense to win on early downs and to force Washington into obvious passing situations. I think or, or I think Oregon has an elite pass rush this year. Um, I think they're very creative with the looks that they show a defense. And so if you give yourself an opportunity to put Washington into third and eight, third and nines throughout the course of the game and have an easy you know, easy pass rush situation. I think that's an advantage that can come out of this game. I like Oregon's ability to run the football. I think that's an absolute key for them, vice versa. Oregon's a much better rushing attack than Washington is. And so I think you're hoping that you can slow Washington down on first down and the pass rush can get out for the quarterback. That, to me, is a matchup that I would identify. One of the crazy stats of this game, too, that I saw this weekend, and this just kind of shows you why maybe the conference is what the conference is and that is dying, Oregon at Washington, I saw this from the Bears, is the first Pac-12 matchup of 5-0 and teams or better in the conference since 2004. It's been that long? That was USC-Arizona State in 2004, and USC beat Arizona State 45-7. For example, or for comparison, since 2004 in the SEC, they've had 15 of these matchups. 5-0 and or 5-0 and or better later in the season that have met in conference play and overall records. This is the first one in the Pac-12 since 2004. Well, it's also the first year we've had respect since 2004 as a conference, okay. so I, I would say I largely understand that. Uh, I was reminded this week in the SEC, my cousin texted me, why is LSU ranked? And I went, because they're the SEC. There's no other explanation for why. Uh, Come on, they had a big one over Missouri this weekend. But Maryland was 5-0 and going to Ohio State. Unranked. Unranked. Yeah. There's 3-2 and LSU. Now, they ended up winning that game, but. Louisville barely snuck into the top 25 last week at 5-0. and They beat Notre Dame, but they were like number 24 or something like that. It, yeah. yeah. I would derail the segment by getting into the rank stuff. I didn't really understand it. Like, some wins for teams make you jump eight spots. Losses for some teams mean you only drop three. I was very confused by it. Two and three lost teams out of the SEC will be ranked at the end of the season. That's, that's how, how it always goes. Every year, man. But I, I think that's kind of the other part of this is while I'm as jacked, I think, I, I don't have a fandom pick here, but like I'm as jacked for you as this game because I love big football games. Yeah. I largely see this matchup swag, and I go, I don't think it's an elimination game. But I'm still excited as if it was an elimination game. They they need to put on a show like Oklahoma and Texas did. Somebody wins it on in the final minute, and it's back and forth, and there's great big plays and all of those sorts of things because then, yes, whoever loses, if they go back and run the rest of the table and you know get the crack once again and win in the Pac-12 title, then I think you can get into that fourth, fourth spot. The problem now is... There's everybody in the Pac-12 is desperately rooting for Texas to go back, run the table, and beat Oklahoma in the Big 12. Title See, I don't game. think you want that though, because what if you have a one-loss Oklahoma and a one-loss Texas? If Oklahoma manages to go the rest of the season undefeated and they lose in the Big 12 title game to Texas, I think Texas would get the nod because of the title game part. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm just. Would they leave Oklahoma out? <laughs> well, there is a scenario. We can come back and do this because we can get to Oregon State Cal again. But like, there's a scenario laying in college football right now that's interesting, and I think it's fairly obvious to determine who gets picked and who doesn't. But Swag, you said something there that that really kind of struck me, and I I, I want to tell you what that is. So we'll get to that coming up. Uh, Dirt and Sprague. We got a whole lot more to get into in college football. Some NFL news and notes. 
I have no idea if Dirt has baseball planned, but I didn't have it on my show sheet. It's, I got it in the notes. Okay. Yeah, I want to know if everybody's feeling the way that I'm feeling. It's been an absolute dud of a playoff, <laughs> and my team might get eliminated, and I'm terrified Both of it. Both you guys are facing elimination today. He should be more scared than me, but I'm terrified. I knew going in that the pitching staff was in shambles, and there you go. Another year. Another year. Another year. Maybe. One more guy. We'll see. We'll the see three 100-win teams have yet to win a playoff game. Yeah, but you guys haven't won a title since '88. I mean, it's, it's pretty long, brutal. Been a long time. Man, don't don't start fights this morning. The boss is out all week. If I, you know, maim somebody, I let's don't. Let's get wild. Let's get wild. Uh, more college football talk next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Swag, you said something there before we went to break, and I know sometimes it can... We can end up coming back and being like, oh, we were way wrong on this. But you mentioned the Red River rivalry this weekend, which was a great game between Texas and Oklahoma. Texas is back, folks. Texas is back. I mean, I still think they are back. That's the funny thing. Like, Texas is still one of the best teams in the country. Oklahoma just showed us that they're also a very good team. I I think, yeah, there's a little bit of it, but there is something to Texas struggling in a couple games post the Bama one and then losing that one that I think lends itself to, can you trust Texas against? Time will tell. I felt like Venables had been sandbagging all season long. Like, he... Like, he kept stuff in the bag specifically for this game. Well, they didn't have a, a really hard schedule going no, into No, they it. had played nobody going yeah. in, which is not always an indicator of how good or bad a team is. That just was a product yeah. of their schedule. I felt like Quinn Ewers was looking at stuff he had not seen on tape in the prep all week long. What did he finish with, two or three picks? I believe it was three. three. Yeah, okay. I believe. Uh, One of them was a weird, they, kind of a weird deflection at the goal yeah. line. So not all of them were horrible picks. We'll get to that game. But you said that, and I was thinking about this weekend's game, and I'm like, if you tell me there's no significant injury, I will legitimately tell you Monday, I'm surprised it was a blowout one way. Yes. Like Oh, I, for sure. I just think that last year's game and how great that was and the drama and the controversy, I tend to believe we're going to have a similar game to last year. And, and this time, Nick's 
I don't think is going to be running on third and five and taking a monster shot from a linebacker. <laughs> Hopefully, if we have to go for it on a fourth down late in the game, Bo Nix is in the game. Hopefully, fingers or, crossed. Or Dan Landing stops <laughs> before he calls the play, call looks time, around, yeah. and goes, Bo? Time out. Are you good now? Let's call a timeout. I, yeah, and Dan talked about that with Isaac Atsuk, and he I want to bring some audio back from last week's interview that I think is relevant to this week's game. But yes, I love a coach acknowledging that he made a mistake and needs to be better. Well, you saw this at Oregon. I saw this. So Twitter is not always the indication here, but I saw this this weekend, and I kind of rolled my eyes, okay? Your coach has done this. Chip Kelly's done this. Coaches that are willing to roll the dice and gamble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes maybe it doesn't make the most sense, and other times it doesn't work. But I, I just laugh being on Twitter this weekend watching Oregon State Cal, and Oregon State goes up. 14 to 3. 3, And they try an onside kick and it fails. And it was instantly like, what? Why? Huh? (laughs) And then Cal scores. Cal grabs some momentum. It did. It swung some momentum a little bit. But I just laugh at that stuff because I'm like, eh, eh. You you get that and you're the big balls genius guy. (laughs) And you don't, and you're an idiot. That's the way it works. There's there's never an in-between between, uh, uh, between fourth down calls and onside kick stuff. And so, like, I just laugh when fans way overreact to both of those scenarios. Why would you go for it there? You gave them the momentum. Why would you try that onside kick? Like, I don't know, because if he would have gotten it, you could have absolutely seized yeah. Cal into giving up. Well, and it's also, you're going all prepping all week you're looking at all that and they say if they give us this look we can do this which is what jonathan said in the post game and he said their kid made a great play and we didn't execute it yes yes so i was curious why maybe at that point but i'm not like well he's an idiot or i'm just like beaver twitter was pretty hot at that point i imagine but the that cow kid made a great play that was a heads-up play man he saw it coming he grabbed it and he ran it all the way how far down did he get down to like the 25 almost ran the thing back for a touchdown like that was incredibly impressive yeah i i'm i'm with you on this and i look i i maybe was the outlier in my fan base i loved going forward on fourth down against washington last year now do i want my head coach to maybe call a timeout and put bo nicks into the game if he's ready to go yes that's the caveat that i would like to add to that statement but the Oregon's defense was ass last year Are we really trusting them to get a stop they couldn't stop anybody last season so the strength of the team was the offensive line the strength of the team was the offense and I want to win or lose with my strength not with my weakness and that's the side of the ball that I trust more it didn't work out backfired you almost had a chance at the end of the game it's unfortunate but I I will always I will always lean towards a coach being more aggressive than being more conservative. Me too. And there was some really bad coaching decisions this weekend, some really conservative coaching decisions this weekend, horrible clock management. like That that stuff was all over the field in the NFL and in college mm-hmm. that I, I will always appreciate a coach that says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my nuts on the table and let's see what we got. It's not always going to work. They have to live with the results. The results are if you get it, you're a genius. To your point, if Oregon State recovers that onside kick, DJ throws another touchdown pass, you go up 21-3, to what's Oregon State Twitter saying, oh, I'm glad our coach is willing to bury an opponent. Exactly. Like that's probably the narrative. And that was his goal, probably. We're up 14 to 3. Let's 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 choke him out right here. The yeah. game is over. It didn't work for you. You ended up winning the game by 12. You ended up covering the spread. You're fine. Uh, I, I will always lean towards a coach being more aggressive than being more conservative. Uh, uh, you know, are you familiar with a comedian named Dan Soder? 
Is that name? Does that name sound does familiar? Does not ring guys? a bell. He uh, he did an interview. I caught this on the uh, on Twitter a few months ago. Actually, it's randomly, that I'm remembering it. He grew up as childhood best friends with Mike McDaniel, and so he was. He's asked about him all the time because he's you know obviously the Dolphins are rolling right now. They set the record for was it most yards in the first five games, and he basically talked about how McDaniel. You could tell he was a crazy nut job when they played Madden as kids. And he he had a moment it was like fourth and fifteen and McDaniel was going for it on his own twenty three and Soder had made a comment like dude you're not gonna punt <laughs> and McDaniel just turned to him and said punting is so boring <laughs> and then he went and picked it up and he's I think he scored a touchdown on the next play <laughs> like, and DJ talked about this in the post game yeah. he said I don't punt when I play Madden no like. You know what? Don't Lanning always... had the same line of Isaac and Suke last he week. He did. It's yeah. hilarious that all that stuff lines up that way, right? But that's how we equate a lot of this because most of us don't become coaches. You're not always going to succeed in risky attempts. But I like that you don't get uh, pushed away from doing it. He could have very well, Jonathan, lost that onside kick dirt and then said, well... I'm going to go a little conservative. He went for fourth downs multiple times at goal line situations. He wasn't going to let that dictate no. his philosophy on it. And Landing is basically echoed as much, too. He had the successful kick against UCLA, the onside kick. Mm-hmm. Tried it against Washington. Didn't work. Didn't work. But he's not going to stop being who he is. No, they've been aggressive on fourth down. They faked a punt against Colorado. Like, they've had a lot of those calls. And I think he'll – one of the interesting things I love about his interviews with Isaac and Sue is he'll, they'll ask him about that kind of stuff. And to Swag's point from earlier, they practice that all week. And it's all about the look that you get. And so the fake punt was about if they give us this look, we're going to fake it. We feel like we can kind of lull them to sleep a little bit. And they got the look and they executed it. But it's not always going to work out that way. Um, you know, somebody was texting in about where did this go uh, saying it's it's black or white no in between uh, on some of these decisions and I just I, I don't view them that way I view them as looking at them in the moment how do I feel when you're trying to execute it and if you're Oregon State in this example I think part of that decision too was that he trusted his defense to get a stop like if we hand them a short field I trust my defense now maybe he's going to recalibrate if Oregon State's defense is going to give up scores immediately after these kind of decisions and you say okay we're not as good on one side of the ball so let's not be quite as aggressive as we would have been but some of that is also having faith in the other side of just saying, hey, even if we don't get this, that was the anomaly because it was ran back to the 20-yard line. But usually you get it around midfield and, all right, let's go, we'll hold you to a field goal. It's 14-6. to six. Well, we'll be okay. We're going to move on from this. Right. Didn't work out that way. Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't have an issue with the decision at all. I just I don't think you can – whether that listener was saying it is black and white, it is either a good or a bad thing, or they're just saying for a lot of people it's black and white. I live in gray, right? Like some moments I'll say, I, I thought that wasn't a good call. In other moments, I, I just tend to like my coach being aggressive and trusting his team. Watching the Niners, for example. I love watching the Niners. Kyle Shanahan is one of the most conservative play callers in moments where I'm like, dude, go you for have it. a great offense. Yeah, Please go for this. <laughs> what are you doing? And he'll settle for threes. And I think part of that is what you're saying. He's got a great, elite, stout defense that he just trusts to get him the ball back. Yeah, put points on the board. What did we see this weekend? One of my big takeaways, I thought, from the weekend was how many coaches actually don't know what they're doing? There was a lot of that. And one of them we haven't even talked about yet who didn't know the rules of overtime, which was a horrible look. Unbelievable. And then talk about not being aggressive. Like, you're an underdog as an 18-point 
underdog on the road yes. in Arizona. Go and for it. Go for two to win the game. What are you trying to go to overtime with USC for? You want to keep giving the ball back to Caleb Williams and you think good things are going to happen? <laughs> the Commanders did this last weekend at Philly. They had the game-tying touchdown. Zeros on the clock. Either kick the extra point, go to OT, or go for the win. Yep. You're the Commanders. That's the, that's the NFC champion. Go for the jugular. Right. I, I can reason and ration with... The fact that a coach tried to win the game on the road versus saying, well, he sent it to overtime. Yeah, and what happened? In the a game, we didn't give him a chance to win in the first place. I just, you got you to gotta put them on the table sometimes. Just <laughs> set them down and say, they're right here. Look at them. Cat pervert. I just, I, I don't get it. Pittsburgh had this against Baltimore. They, they, they burned six seconds off the play clock. And gave Baltimore back the ball with 51 seconds left. They won the game, but that was a horrible possession. My God, what are we coaching all over America and college and the pro levels? It turns out a lot of these guys don't have any awareness like we think they would. Jimbo had this. Mario had this. We can talk about this, but it was a bad weekend for a lot of coaches this week in football. Absolutely was. So we can get into that coming up. We got more NFL. We got some uh, baseball playoff conversation to have. Dirt and Sprague, we're back with more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back in. Happy Monday morning, everybody. Hope your days are going great. Off to a good start. No, I have a Beaver fan tweeting us. Oh, okay. Onside kick was dumb there, period. I period. Just, End of conversation. Okay. I, I don't know, man. There's a difference between not executing it, the philosophy versus execution. 
Well, I just I just said, okay, well, when they do it and succeed next time, keep the opinion. Yeah. Yes, like, I, I don't want you to ever onside kick. Don't, and, and you really can't explain to me, if they do it in three games against Colorado at Colorado at the same juncture and they succeed, yeah. you're not going to be able to properly tell me on Twitter or any other medium why suddenly it's not a dumb decision. <laughs> You'll just change your mind. Yeah. Like, that's all. It's a results-based situation, and I understand yeah. that. But I was watching that on my couch going, ah, that sucks. But I wasn't like, how dare he? I was just curious. I was curious why there. But I wouldn't be one to do that. I'm not, okay, what's the situation? I got a redshirt freshman quarterback making his first start. We're up to let's put the pressure on him now. But see, it's not, it doesn't, that's but not that's how they just, think about it. But these that's things. my philosophy. I just differ with Jonathan Smith. No, sure. but the see, play didn't work because they didn't execute no, it. No, right. you're, you're going the wrong way. It's not a philosophy only based decision, it's, it's, it's a formatics decision. He said it in the postgame. He said, they right. showed us a look. Yes. But we didn't execute and they made a hell of a play. You're not going. Hmm. Redshirt freshman, two scores. Should I do? That's not how that works. It's they're all taught. There are looks that they they practice with, and if they get the look, they try it. Landing talked about going for it on fourth down with Casey Rogers. Mm -hmm. He said we could have tried it four other times this year. We just didn't end up getting the look. Said we checked out of it. We had yeah. it on, yes. but we didn't get the look we wanted, yes. and we checked it. There still has scrimmage. to be uh, time and situation taken into consideration. Fourteen three in what was it? The second quarter at that point. Second yeah. quarter, you have fourteen three. You can afford to not get it successfully and yeah. be okay. You're playing Cal. They didn't get it. They woke Cal up, and they still covered a nine point spread. But that's still kind of my point. Is also we're kind of letting, and I know the defense was missing some dudes. But we are kind of letting the defense off the hook here. Yep. It's Cal. That Cal offense is not good. I refuse to believe that it's a good offense. Yep. And they just allowed them to move the ball up and down the field. I, I almost think, too, we're missing the point because this is – I coaching decisions can be talked about, and I get it. They're going to be debated in the moment. I almost feel like it's stealing this, the thunder away from what the big story of that game should be. This is what we talked about earlier. Like, what what DJ showed you this weekend? What does it mean in the future? I don't know. Where does it go from here? I don't know. What does he look like against UCLA? No clue. What he showed you this weekend, though, was he looked the part. He was unbelievable on Saturday night. And he, I think he had, what, six incompletions and five touchdowns and showed incredible touch, the accuracy. You may have found a number one wide receiver in Gould who was making a lot of those plays down the field. Like, that looked the part of yeah. a competent, high-functioning offense mm -hmm. that we thought Oregon State could be coming into the year. And that, to me, is it's almost laughable that we're spending so much time focusing on a decision that it didn't really have that big of an impact. It wasn't like you lost the game because the onside no. kicked it. Like, if you go back to Oregon and Washington last year and you want to criticize some of those and say that's the reason they lost, I disagree. I think there was more nuance to it. But Oregon ended up losing that game. You won this game by 12. Why are we? Why are Oregon State fans chirping at each other about an onside kick? I just don't quite understand it. I didn't have any issue with the call. If you disagree, whatever. Just don't be for onside kicks when your team gets them then. That has to be your philosophy throughout. I thought the story of that game was DJ looked yeah. like a former number one recruit in the country who it looked like one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. Will it continue? I don't know, but at least for a weekend, he looked the part. I think mainly it's only a topic because one, in the moment, just giving a reaction to something, and two, because we kind of stumbled into coaching decisions yeah. topic-wise. Like I, I totally agree with you. I'm still concerned about the defense, uh, which is funny because it was the reverse last week, and then <laughs> I wanted to see an offensive output. Welcome to my side of things oh, now. Oh, God. Yeah. But uh, – there's good DJ and bad DJ. 
I don't know if there's a middle road DJ. <laughs> it's kind of what There's I'm an learning. average DJ. Can we find an average DJ? A, an average DJ uh, goes a long ways for them. A great DJ changes things, right? Like they, they this weekend they get UCLA at home, true freshman quarterback. I'm, you know, irrational or rational doesn't matter to me. I'm kind of confident in them to be able to win this game this weekend. And I, I kind of think the Vegas point spread's telling you that uh, because I don't know if Dante Moore can do it on the road. Let alone do it even all that well. Mm-hmm. He's. It's not like he's lighting up the statistical scoreboard there. No, they're moving the ball. They're not scoring a lot of points, though. It's the defense. Their defense yep. is absolutely carrying them right now. And then after that, you get Arizona, Colorado, Stanford. And those are tough games because two of them are on the road. I'm looking ahead a little bit here. And just when you get to Washington, Oregon, is when everything is on the line. Good DJ gives you a shot in all your remaining games. Bad DJ? Yeah kind of makes you what you were when Chance Nolan is your quarterback where you could win or he could throw two interceptions and you could lose this game. I liked what I saw. I was really happy he had that game. His family yep. was in attendance. And hopefully you can build the confidence on that now, whether it's Gould, Bolden, Veling, or they, even they Hodgins. They got the Doesn't tight matter. end going. That was the biggest thing. for. He realized he had a tight end. He had check down stuff. If it wasn't there deep, he had an outlet and he started looking for it. And that's, I think, maybe... The biggest thing, other than him, I mean, he was dropping dimes into gold. There was a couple of third down alongs that they saved and ridiculous passes, but I don't, he didn't force those unless the situation called for it, and that was nice to see. The over/under on Saturday in Corvallis is fifty-three and a half. Well, I mean, given the defense we just saw Oregon State play. UCLA might be able to run the ball on them. They could. I think Oregon State's defense is a little bit different at home than they are on the road. There's been examples of that. Yeah. I don't trust UCLA's they didn't have offense. Any targeting penalties that I remember. I don't think anybody's out of the first half of this week like they were last week. No, I, they were. Yeah, they that's were one of those out. I'm looking at. Like, they were down two guys <laughs> in the first half. Drive yeah. up to Allen A and bet that. I could totally see this being a 17-14 game. Well, let's also wait because the secondary guys they were missing Robinson and. Um, um, uh, literally just blanked on his name. But they were missing two other guys with injury that Jonathan had said he thought they could go, couldn't quite give it a go. Maybe that's a good sign for him. I think the other part, too, is DJ didn't just, like, Gould had a big game with the seven catches. He spread it around. He did? You know, it wasn't like he just targeted just the one guy. Irish had the touchdown catch. Velling... Velling had it. Bolden had some moments. Like he spread it around a little bit. Like that makes you screen think, passes encouraged. were a little better. They got some big screen screen plays out of it. So he didn't have anything knocked down at the line of scrimmage, which still doesn't make sense how that happens because he's six foot five and yeah, two hundred fifty pounds. One but... of those three quarters. <laughs> oh, Cooper! It's Cooper. It just randomly yeah, popped okay. in. So they were down Robinson and Cooper in the secondary. They come back. I mean, I I think I'd lean the under there. I think UCLA's defense is legit. Yeah, I'm all over the under in that game. Was it 52? 53 and a half, man. They got to tackle steel when they get. You think somebody gets a 30 in that game? I just don't. Unless there's a pick six, like turnovers can lead to that. That's what Defensive or special team scores a blocked punt or field goal or something like that. It's a true freshman in a hostile environment. Yes, and the last time he went into a hostile environment, they scored seven points. Yeah. Seven points at Utah. Yeah. I mean, Chip may see something on film for this defense that he feels 
he could exploit from an advantage standpoint, but I, I kind of I'm with you on that. So uh, I, DJ looked great this weekend. I think that's the takeaway. There's concerns defensively, but to your point, a couple of guys missed the first half. They had some guys out in the secondary. I have not been very confident in Oregon State's defense yet this year, and they did nothing this weekend to disprove me. This is a get-right week, similar to the Utah game where you knew that they were going to be a little inept on that side of the ball. You got a freshman coming to town. UCLA's not shredding anybody. This should be a game that's a get-right game for your defense because you're going to need it before you go to Arizona and then Colorado a couple of weeks after that. But Oregon State gets away. 52-40, and they covered the spread uh, down in California. By the way, quick shout-out to Cal fans. There was, that was a decent crowd. Nobody goes to their games. I was pleasantly surprised at how many people were there. Were you? I was. Hmm. Have you seen some of the other Cal games this year? I saw it at kickoff. There's been there pictures some... of kickoff. There's nobody there. I think those Berkeley kids are doing ayahuasca before they go into the game, so they're missing kickoffs. That's true, but that was a decent little crowd, so Oregon State gets to win. Let's get to some of the other bad coaching decisions. We haven't even made fun of Mario Cristobal yet. Uh, what the hell is Jed Fish doing also while making fun of USC at the same time because their defense is ass? So we got a lot still to get to back after this on the fam. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, this is obviously a big week here in the Northwest, Oregon and Washington on Saturday. You can hear it right here on 1080 The Fan, 1230 kick on ABC. I'm what sure 8 a.m. pregame for you. Yeah, it's going to be. I actually like when it's early. Get it in, get it over with, and then you're home the rest of the day watching football. It's nothing worse than the 7 o'clock games where you got to, it's like you got to wait around and wait. You're like watching, and then you got to go do it. Just, yeah, get it over with. I like having 1230 kicks. I believe Fowler and Herb Street will be on the call. I'm assuming game day is there. Game day, there. Game day is yeah, there. Imagine so that's I'm the call. assuming so. So it was. This is a big week for Oregon. It was a great weekend for Oregon too. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on on the recruiting trail. They landed a JUCO guy who I think is the number one rated JUCO uh, player in the country as a defensive back. There's a really good chance they're going to land two five-star defensive linemen the next week or so. Aiden Breland and Elijah Rushing, who just decommitted from Arizona. Things are going great, and then you also had the juxtaposition of what your former coach did not learn from and is still doing. And I had PTSD flashbacks on Saturday night. I flipped on the ACC network. I don't know why, but I just saw that that was a close game. And I'm like, ah, let's see the end of Georgia Tech-Miami. Let's see how this is going to go down. I had to do the microphone into Comcast <laughs> Where because is the I ACC? haven't been... <laughs> I don't go to the ACC network often. Like, I have 825 remembered as the SEC network. Yes. But I'm, like, scrolling and scrolling, and I'm where the hell is the ACC <laughs> network? Because it was a close game going into the fourth quarter, and it I'm was. like, all right, I'm going to turn this on because I love to watch Mario look befuddled and confused but also angry still. And I finally found the channel. I finally found it. We found it in time because with 30 seconds to go on third and 10, hmm. when Georgia Tech had no timeouts. So they just let's think about that for a moment. There's 30 seconds left in the game. It is third down. 
The play clock in, uh, play clock in college football is how long? It's <laughs> close. 40. 40 seconds. Okay. On so, a running clock. On I, a running clock. I believe when they officially hiked it, it was 36 seconds on the game yeah. clock. For third down. For third down. So you take a knee on that play. Game over. The game is over. So you just step back eight yards and let four or five seconds you don't even have go to do, down. You're done. You don't even have to do that. Yeah, you're done. You know what you could do? I mean, you just it, it, you, anyway. Just knee it. Take a knee. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Knee. Tim Hasselbeck was on the call for the ACC Network saying, what the hell is Miami doing? This doesn't make any sense. They can run out the clock. You don't need to put this in harm's way. They decide to run the ball. They fumble. Georgia Tech scoops it up. Was it a fumble or not? It probably wasn't even a fumble. It almost felt like the football gods punishing Mario for his stupidity of like, you know what? Screw you. We're not going to overturn this. That was such a bad call. We're letting this fumble stand, and we're giving Georgia Tech the ball. And four plays later, they hit a touchdown pass. As basically time expired. Wide open. Wide open. Scramble <laughs> drill. And Georgia Tech won the game Won the game 23-20. to I will say this. Everybody in life is going to make mistakes no matter what job you're in, right? Yes. We make mistakes all the time. Our bosses make like everybody makes mistakes, politicians, teachers, everybody, you name it. They're going to make mistakes. One of the biggest things that you ask from people in life is that when you make a mistake, you learn from it mm -hmm. and you say, "Okay, I didn't do that the way I should have. Let's look in the mirror. How did I fall short? What was my why did I not make the right decision in that moment?" If this was a one-off for Mario Cristobal, I think you could say, well, you know, whatever. He was trying to run up the score. The kid was three yards away from 100 yards. He's coming off an injury. Maybe he wanted him to get 100 yards. Whatever. This happened in 2018. I was at Autzen Stadium when they could have taken knees against Stanford, and they fumbled on second down trying to get a first down to ice the game instead of just running the clock down and punting it with like eight seconds left and making Stanford go the length of the field. They fumbled. Stanford kicks a field goal. They ended up winning the game in overtime. It was as embarrassing a loss that Oregon has suffered in a long time because they had a 28-point lead, I want to say, in that game. Something crazy, and they blew it with a snap over Herbert's head, and then it culminated in the fumble. This dude did not learn his lesson. And, and that is an egregious coaching error uh, of epic proportions on Saturday. The best thing he does is he knows it's Jimmy's and Joe's. He was on a team with Jimmy's and Joe's. And so he's familiar. He worked for Saban. He understands what the game is. The problem is I actually don't think he's a very good coach uh, in terms of being the head guy. No. And I, I don't think he has much in-game um, – I don't think he understands what to do in game. I think he establishes game plans, and then when the game plans get exposed, he's just in a dogfight. I think you saw this a couple years ago before he left. You you go to Ohio State, and you're like, we're running the football on these guys. And they did, and they were amazing at it. And then the next week, you go to Stanford. Two weeks later, thank Two you. weeks later. The next week, they struggled with... It was somebody. Some low, like they like a school you're not even sure why they have a football program, and they were only up by like three at the half. It wasn't Fresno State, because that was the week That was prior. week one. I'll go look and it And I up. remember you being freaked out about it. Anyways, the point is, he goes yeah. to Stanford with a game plan. Stanford derails the game plan, because Anthony Brown can't do anything. Stony Brook. That's right. Stony Brook came in. It was like 10 to 7 at the half. You're like, what the hell is going on he here? He just lends himself to these because I don't think his in-game awareness is that of a top-level coach. Certainly not a coach making the amount of money he's making. Yep. And that's the thing. You said it before the break. The shines wore off. A&M lost to Bama. A&M has two losses. They're unranked. Like Nobody takes Jimbo seriously. That's your big win this year. You lost at home as a 19-point favorite to Georgia Tech? And look, I actually don't think it was fumble. What I'm more confused about today, <laughs> well, I'm still confused about the no-kneeing. 
I, I thought it was pretty clear in replay the ball's in the guy's hands until he's laying on the ground and they rip it out, and somehow they confirmed the call. I think it was the football gods, man. But I think you're right. I think football gods were like, yo, you are going to get punished for this. And listening to him in the postgame, so I, we have the cut in the postgame of him list, uh, just openly talking about how he should have... Why did you not know this in the game? His own players knew it. Take a listen to this. You know, when the drive started, it was going to be at 157, you know, and um, we could burn about 127 off, and then it was recalibrated. Um, I should have taken the timeout right there at the end. Thought he could get the first down, and you know, we talked about two hands on the ball, but that's not good enough. Just should have told him to take any in. That's it. Fumbled the ball at 25, and they went 75 yards in two plays. So, no excuse. <laughs> you can't do math. 157. Three <laughs> plays, 40 seconds is two minutes. Tech didn't have any timeouts. Yeah. I'm so confused by this. And you know what's crazy? We've now highlighted three names or two names today, but one that hasn't even been brought up. They released the highest ranked uh, paid coaches. Like Mel Tucker was third. Jimbo's on this list. And there's old Mario. Well, Bamba did this too. They, they were taking knee and he threw it. And I'm like... Didn't understand it Saban, at all. what are you doing? Uh, USC did this at the end of their game with Arizona. The play, play man at clock management at the end was horrible. If you're going to spend damn near $100 million on one person to come and make your team good, don't you think there'd be a part of the staff that, like, it's just called dweeb. And it's like, what's yes. your job? I'm the guy who knows every possible mathematical thing in every situation. Good. Our coach needs it. There should be a clock guy on the staff at Miami next weekend. A text at the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. How does Oregon keep getting lucky with bad coaches voluntarily leaving their program? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but uh, I thank you. Thank you, Miami. That was one in the moment you're like, ah, this hurts, and now you look up and you're like, ah, you know what? We're doing pretty good. I think we're going to be okay here without you, Mario. Where's Willie at right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's actually, I just saw him recently. I think he's on the staff of the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, he's I thought like he went their, to Colorado. No, I think he's their running back coach. Because he remember he was close with the Harbaugh family. Remember that backstory oh. when he took over at Oregon. So John uh-huh. John gave him a job after he got fired. At, oh, where was nice he? Support. FAU, I think. Uh, no, well, yeah, it was. It was F- FAU. Yeah, yeah. The second time he got fired. I got a couple more thoughts on this. I'm going to get to. We have not talked about Arizona and USC yet. We need to do that. Some more lingering thoughts from the NFL weekend. Are you agreeing with my stance on baseball? We will get to all that loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and spray on 1080 the fam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.